0: The show for PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. Good evening, neighbors. This week on the show, Peter Cohen and I will set the record straight about how well the iPhone X is doing and about the fact that you almost see Apple Watches everywhere. A bit later, we'll hear from the Apple-holic himself, Johnny Evans, on the Tech Night Owl live Ah! as we speak here that's the latter part of the week we learned that apple is a trillion dollar company i was about to say the lower figure but now i know that that was the wrong thing to say for so much money they can buy a corporation and they can buy all the corporations they can buy a few countries that's true okay well that's it's been a great show and Thanks for dropping by, but now we're going to talk about... This is something that's been predicted for a while, but you got this crazy quilt crew that's going to go on and say, Oh no, Apple's going to fail in five minutes.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, doomsayers have uh, been around, uh, as far as Apple's concerned, ever since Apple got started. Let's put that in context. I mean, you know, of course, I, I, I have a t-shirt that I picked up from um, Diesel Sweeties that says that I was a Mac user back when Apple was doomed. This is a, a very, a very long time coming. The question, I think, in a lot of analysts' minds was not whether or not Apple was going to hit one trillion, but what company, what tech company was going to hit one trillion first? trillion um, You know, if you, if you take a look at Amazon, for example, they're uh, worth about $880 billion. Alphabet, the parent company of Google, they're worth about $870. Um, so uh, they're tech companies with huge, huge market caps. But uh, Apple beat them all to the punch. As of last Friday, it was $938.7 billion, And after the earnings report, they hit $1 trillion this uh, this week gee you know imagine how much better they would have done if they hadn't canceled the iphone 10 because nobody was buying it hashtag sarcasm you know that's
0: terrible this horrible product that apple came out with the iphone 10 that nobody wants it i mean they're sitting there catching dust
2: nobody you wants know
1: gene it. i'm I, i'm not going to gloat too much about this because there was some really disturbing news in Apple's report, too, that, that I want to get to, if you don't mind. And that is that Mac sales tanked. Mac sales were the worst that we've seen in about seven years. Really awful. I mean, it, Apple is... Yeah, it, I, I don't know what is going on with Apple and the Mac anymore. I came... To the platform because of the Mac. I we've talked about this before, Gene. I, I'm not an exceptionally aged person, but yeah, I'm a, I'm in my late 40s, and I've used Macs for for most of my adult life. I, I was beside myself with that news because you know Apple's continuing to make good products, but they don't promote them. Uh, they have stupid problems with the MacBooks, with the T2 chips inside the MacBook Pros, um, the the, uh, uh, the 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 chip that enables things like Touch ID to work on the Mac. Um, they've got problems with the keyboards on the MacBook Pros. Uh, the Mac yep. Mini hasn't been updated in four years now. The Mac Pro is MIA and is you know isn't isn't coming until next year. The only shining beacon in this entire product line, it seems, is the iMac Pro, which is such a specialty niche machine that it doesn't really serve a purpose for the general consumer. The rest of us can, you know, take a leap when it comes to the Mac or just offer whatever table scraps Apple is offering. But Apple's really got to get it; its stuff together uh, when it comes to the Macintosh, because that was not good news out of its earnings at all. Not that it stopped the company from, you know, being valued at a trillion dollars. I'm, I'm not saying that that Apple is failing or that you know Apple is is doomed unless they listen to me. All I'm saying is, hey, Apple, give the Mac users some love. Come on, man. Okay, a new model
0: from Apple. It's called the Mac Table Scraps, better known as the 2014 Mac Mini. <laughs> I think that was a table scrap. I cannot understand what they did and why they did it. In any logical sense, because you had something there that was coming along well, so I guess the decision must have been made. It's too expensive at five ninety nine. Make it four ninety nine. How do we do that? Use cheaper chips, even though they were a later generation, and remove the ability to re- easily replace RAM or replace RAM at all. Does that make sense to you?
1: Well, look, Gene, we've had this discussion before, and I'm going to reiterate what I've said before. I'm towing the party line here because. I know this to be true. Most people don't care about expandability. The the idea that the Mac Mini is somehow diminished because you can't upgrade RAM on it is a red herring. The vast majority of people who buy Macs, whether they're buying a laptop or a desktop computer, have no intention whatsoever of ever cracking the case open to do anything on their computer. And the fact of the matter is the cost of, of repair on these things is high enough that a lot of times, at least this was my experience selling them and and, and, and fixing them, when faced with the option of paying a technician to repair their Mac using you know factory uh, parts from Apple or buying a new machine, more than half the time, much more than half the time, they would opt to buy a new machine because they saw it as a better value than sinking money into device that they'd already used for a while. So uh, let's, let's lay low on the, oh, Apple needs an expandable computer. No, they don't. No, they don't. Most people never care about opening the Mac. However, In the case of the Mac Mini, Apple absolutely took a superior product with the 2012 version and made it an inferior product with the 2014 version. I don't necessarily think that Apple did that just as a cost savings thing. I do think that there were external pressures that that required them to do that. specifically what chip architecture they were using from intel because there are some key differences between um those two models in terms of what cpu they're using and it's really kind of interesting to note that the previous generation of mac mini um supported a an intel chip uh socket type that apple could replace with instead of having the um Uh, The dual core uh, uh, processor, a quad core, it was pin compatible with um, the the same motherboard design that they had done. So all Apple had to do was just get a quad core uh, chip in there and bingo, your little Mac mini was a great workstation server. A great workgroup server for small to medium workgroups, um, terrific little OS 10 uh, server device, uh, really well suited for colo um, uh, situations where you might have people who who wanted to be able to access a Mac back end for, you know, serving web pages or, or other infrastructure needs. A very delightful Adaptable little machine because you could get a quad core processor in there and you know just do twice as much, um, uh, in the same number of cycles that you could on the other machine. Apple changed that with the 2014 model, and, and part of the problem here is Intel because Intel's CPU um, uh, die die design for that particular uh, version of its core processor um, actually changed, and Apple was no longer able just to swap out the CPU. Um, it it actually would have required two different motherboard designs as a cost. Savings measure apple decided okay everything's going to be dual core uh, in this generation but then they haven't touched it in four years and that's on apple because let's face it you know as it intel's moved uh uh the the, the yardstick a little bit um apple could have incorporated plenty of other changes and um uh improvements to to, to that platform but they haven't and look you know, Fewer people are buying them than they used to. Uh, all the heat and light right now is either in the, the high-end Pro market, the, the iMac Pro, um, or the laptop market. Uh, Apple doesn't really care about anything else. Everything else is sort of incidental, and, and you know, the Mac Mini has languished as a result of it. But as a, as a result, there's no compelling reason um, for somebody who's new to the platform, who doesn't want to make a big hardware investment, uh, to buy a Mac. And that was always sort of the entree uh, to getting a Mac Mini. Hey, this is the cheapest way that you can get it on the Mac platform. And you can even recycle your monitor and your mouse and your keyboard if you don't want to spend a lot. But, you know, people aren't replacing um, their um, their, uh, their, uh, desktops with new desktops. They're replacing them with laptops.
0: We'll have more on this discussing Apple. What happened with Apple sales? They were down 13%. Some say they tanked 13%. That's not a low figure. More to come
3: on the Tech Night Out Live. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. It's been said, any society is only three
4: missed meals away from chaos. Those times may be near. Think about it. Our country faces multiple terrorist threats and aggressions from Russia and North Korea. Social unrest and violent marches yet again may lead to looting of stores and city shutdowns. And our crumbling infrastructure leaves our power grid vulnerable to long-term outages from a single cyber attack. When the chaos from any one of these threats arises, the government knows it can't provide during a widespread national emergency. That's why you need your own plan for self-reliance. That's where My Patriot Supply comes in.
5: If you owe money to the
6: IRS, you need to hear this. The IRS is cracking down on those who owe back taxes. It starts with a devastating letter. And if you don't act immediately, you could find yourself having your wages garnished or have a lien placed on your property. But there's a solution. Tax 10,000 can help. Avoid enforced compliance, where these holds on your income and seizure of your home could become a nightmare that just won't end. Call 800-239-9957 now and speak to one of our experts. 800-239-9957 is the number to link you directly to a tax resolution specialist who will negotiate with the IRS on your behalf. Working through the IRS Fresh Start program, all the forms will be handled for you. All you have to do is make the toll-free call, 800-239-9957. Find out if you qualify and possibly save yourself thousands of dollars, not to mention a lot of headaches. It could be the best call you've made today. That number again, 800-239-9957. The service does not provide tax settlement or legal services. We will refer you to a company that does provide such services. Often the IRS will not agree to any reduction in the amount owed. Not all taxpayers who owe more than $10,000 will qualify for a tax reduction program.
8: We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at techniteowl.com. That's news at technightowl. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow Night Owls, visit our community forums at forum. dot com. That's forum. So.
0: Part of the problem with the Mac Mini here is that the new generation of Intel chips, they set it up so Apple would literally have to have made two motherboards to accommodate the quad-core chips of the previous model. Okay, so we understand that. Now, as far as not being able to upgrade RAM, I take your point that the people, the percentage of people on a particular model may be in the single digits. And when you allow people to upgrade RAM, there's a certain percentage of those that go wrong, and suddenly they're stuck with having to deal with repairs. But if you Mm -hmm. offer the computer complete, no way to change the RAM, your cost of service goes down. And for those who need to change RAM, well, the desktops we have, obviously with the iMac Pro, you have to have Apple do it because of all the way the RAM is situated in the computer, I guess you have to go through that process of removing the adhesive, just like you do. If you have to take apart the new generation of IMAX, we can go into that discussion before. I also take it here. There apparently is a new business upgrade cycle. A lot of businesses haven't upgraded their computers in years and they've come to accept windows 10 as an acceptable operating system. So that particular quarter, no new Macs came out, because the new Mac Pros didn't come out till after the quarter ended, and then there was a more of an emphasis on the standard business desktops or notebooks, and Apple was out of the picture. So they bought yeah. different kinds of computers. That's a specific quarter. Now, if Apple had released the new MacBook Pros three months earlier, maybe a new Mac Mini, would that have changed things? Can we even
1: guess? Oh, I don't think that uh, Apple releasing a, a a Mac Mini early in this most recently reported quarter would have made a, a huge material difference uh, in terms of overall Mac sales. Because, like I said, the, the Mac Mini is a niche, but it's a lovely niche, and I wish that Apple would do more to buoy it and support it than they do.
0: And we don't want to hear how much Tim Cook loves the Mac Mini. He just adores the Mac Mini. This is Fab Gear. Um joking here but they love the mac mini if you love the mac mini upgrade the darn thing show a new version there was no reason that apple couldn't have kept pace with intel's chip developments unless they then did something with the following chip that would have required a major logic board redesign i don't know but assuming things were fairly easy to handle apple should have been able to upgrade the mac mini every year or two with a standard refresh and said look we love this computer or maybe they decided to set it aside like they did with the 2013 mac pro and they have an idea to really fix that thing i can think of things apple could do i don't know how cost effective would be like hp has a mini workstation computer that's kind of sort of resembling the mac mini except it's dark except the corners are more curved than i think the mac mini and it's much heavier to accommodate probably a much larger power supply and equipment would apple want to make that a mini workstation that you can buy it basic for 499 599 but then spend three four grand and having something with a xeon processor etc cetera, etc cetera? and that would become A really good workstation alternative for people who can't afford $5,000 or more for the next Mac Pro or the iMac Pro.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to pro- prognosticate on what Apple um, can or should do hardware-wise to to goose Mac sales, but but or let, me, let me throw out another data point uh, for context that I think is important to understand. As you said at the start of the segment, Gene, Mac sales were down 13%. That's year over year. So for the same quarter a year ago, they sold 13%, fewer machines, uh, but revenue was only down about 5%. So, you know, the mix obviously was a little bit more lucrative for Apple. Apple was making more money per machine, than they were selling even though they were selling a lot fewer of them now the that quarter a year ago was when apple released new macbook pros and this year they didn't release those new macbook pros until july after the quarter that they just reported ended so there's going to be some seasonality there. I understand that. And there's also going to be some, you know, just in in terms of, of, of quarterly bookings, it's, it's going to be, it's going to look a little bit different than it was last year. So really we'll find out with this coming quarter of the quarter that we're now in what max sales look like overall, but you know, Apple has used the iPad as an excuse for a very long time for why Mac sales aren't stronger. Well, you know, you know, we don't mind if 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 the iPad cannibalizes Mac sales because uh you know, as long as they're buying Apple products, we really don't care. That's kind of been the party line. That's actually been more or less the party line from Tim all the way down on these conference calls when they talk to analysts. But if you actually take a look at iPad unit sales over the course of the past year, they've been remarkably stable. Apple has sold around 40 million iPads every quarter now for about four or five quarters. Well, not 40 million. Spiking. They sold
0: 11 something this time. And then you mean over the a, year? a year?
1: Okay. A year. Yeah. Okay. 44 million. So they sold about 11 million this past quarter, 11 million the quarter before 11 million the quarter before that. It's been remarkably stable. So, okay let's say that some of those are, are are cannibalizing Mac sales. Shouldn't we be seeing increasing iPad sales as people move to that platform? But, um, you know, Apple has the iPad Pro and Apple has built more Pro features into uh, the iPad than it ever has before. So there are certainly many more people who are finding the iPad uh, or an iPad Pro to be an adequate um, portable replacement for uh, maybe a Mac laptop or, you know, some other uh, Mac device that they, they might buy. But it, it isn't really goosing iPad sales that much. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that uh, uh, that. Um, that apple is is going to do something uh to get people enthusiastic about the mac again because it's not like this is a new trend either i mean you know year over year uh uh they're they're down 13 percent. but we've also seen uh you know just in the course of the 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 past couple of quarters sequentially uh a reduction in mac sales too and and that that does not bode well there's another
0: thing going on here too this particular time may have been a particularly bad quarter due to expectations so there was no new macs in the quarter and because of what happened last year there were expectations look aren't there going to be new macs at the wwdc there was a debate about the possibility of a new macbook pro and macbook pro of course gets a lot of the sales of the notebooks and notebooks are what over 80 percent of Apple's sales So if the MacBook Pro had come out a month earlier, that could have maybe not made it an up quarter, but maybe made some of the difference because of that. The expectations of a new model. And Apple, unlike other companies, doesn't look at sales on a quarterly basis. They look at the long term. And there may be things happening in the Mac marketplace because they keep claiming renewed commitment to the Mac and certainly developing the macbook pro wasn't cheap there are things in the pipeline coming this quarter next quarter that may indeed indicate something interesting let's go into those possibilities more to come with peter cohen i'm gene steinberg you're in the tech night out live
9: thank you for listening to gcn
13: Because the LASIK Vision Institute is offering dramatically low prices and an absolutely free consultation. Just text 233 to 350350. The LASIK Vision Institute has already performed over a million procedures. They use the latest FDA approved LASIK technology that helps the majority of patients achieve 2020 vision for a fraction of what others charge. Better vision, better value. The LASIK Vision Institute. Make this the year you finally get LASIK. For a free consultation plus an extra 20% discount, text 233 to 350350. Five zero three five zero. You'll see for free if LASIK is right for you. That's D O three three two three five zero three five zero.
14: Hi, I'm Dr. Bill Deagle, MD, A A E M, A C A M, A four M of NutraMedical.com and a consultant providing email advice free on advanced protocols for your optimized wellness and advanced technologies to heal and regenerate you. You can contact us at Nutrimedical.com, that's N-U-T-R-I-Medical.com or 888-212-8871. You get free email starter protocols of our top medical-grade nutraceuticals, initial testing, and recommendations for your own primary doctor to do, as well as recommendations to give you an idea of a consultation and a full protocol to try to help you regenerate your tissues, heal naturally without the use of toxic polypharmacy. I can send test kits to you as well anywhere in the world and provide you recommendations to referral of specialty clinics worldwide. So contact me, Dr. Bill Deagle, at Nutramedical.com That's NUTRImedical.com or 888-212-8871. Live with Gene Steinberg. It's the Tech Night Owl. Because you never know what's going to happen next.
0: So as we continue with Peter Cohen talking about Apple, Mac sales down 13% year over year, but sales were down, what was the financials? 5%? Because the product mix was...
1: 7%. Revenue was down 5%, but, but but unit sales were down 13 I kind
0: of think here they wouldn't have developed an iMac Pro if they didn't expect to have something that is going to have some traction because it wasn't cheap to develop a brand new cooling system to stick... Xeons in that machine. Clearly, they spent money on building a new MacBook Pro, and now they made the changes customers wanted for the 2018 models. And when it came out in 2016, the first edition, they said, Why can't it handle 32 gigs of RAM? And Apple's reason was logical. Well, if we use that memory controller, it's going to consume more battery life. So, what did they do this year? They put that memory controller in, or the latest version with the 32 gigs of RAM, higher performance RAM, and a larger battery to compensate. By using the newer Intel chips, especially the six core, performance has really, really gone up. Not so much in graphics. The most expensive MacBook Pro is over $6,700. And they wouldn't do that if they didn't expect to have answered a lot of the concerns from professionals on the other hand we had this weird thermal throttling problem not like the other throttle gate but thermal throttling because of some kind of obscure bug in the firmware which they did fix once they discovered it and they certainly they were serious about it because when this guy on youtube posted these benchmarks showing that when stressed under certain circumstances performance was throttled severely within two days apple's writing to this guy or on the phone to this guy saying what's going on here let's work with you to figure it out and they did
1: yeah it's just amazing that it actually had to happen externally before apple would address it right but that's a different story it is and maybe you
0: can say well apple should have tested it under more circumstances but this is always the case once a product is in the field with hundreds of thousands or millions of users they're going to come up with things that Apple didn't anticipate or subtle bugs.
1: Yeah, Apple definitely uh, should be commended for for quickly resolving that issue. Like I said, I, I just I, I'm concerned that, that this stuff is increasingly being found externally. But maybe that's more of a, a good thing. Maybe that's more of an indication that there's a lot more mainstream use uh, for the platform than there used to be. Because, we, you know, we used to hear about things like security through obscurity. Well, nobody uses the Mac, so nobody's going to try to hack it. Now we're seeing external researchers do a lot of good work with the Mac and come up with interesting questions for Apple. And in this particular case, identifying a problem that Apple needed to resolve. You know, obviously if Apple were more uh, uh, transparent, it it might help, but yeah, things have improved a lot uh, as as far as that's concerned over the years too. So I I can't really uh, readily complain. I think that's one of the things Tim
0: Cook has brought there, more transparency to the company. And certainly something like this, as soon as that problem was confirmed, two days they're in touch with them a huge corporation is contacting this guy to fix a problem with the performance of the new macbook pros and then even just as important they get the update fixed and out really really fast what was it, a day or two more the thing is here is i'm on the fence <laughs> about what apple is doing about the mac i think they're investing a lot in it maybe they should invest more but on the other hand You know, right now, it's probably betwixt and between. There are things they want to do they haven't done yet.
1: Yeah, Apple's certainly paving the way there. It seems like something that Apple would want to do, if for no other reason, because that market is incredibly important to Apple. You know, video and pro video and film editing is is still a very important part of apple's creative business um and there's a prestige there there's a big prestige in being able to say hey look our products are being used uh by the most elite tradespeople in uh the movie and television industries so you know it's 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 an important prestige point for apple and uh uh, i i think apple will continue to innovate in that respect absolutely
0: and i think your apple was certainly burned when they came out with final cut pro 10. And they said, oh, no, this is a prosumer product. It's not for professionals anymore. All these features are missing. And Apple, I think, has added back pretty much every single one of those features or most of them, and many of them with new ways of doing things. Now, some people may prefer Premiere or other apps because they're more traditional. Apple is trying to do a lot of new things here. And I don't know how many prosumers are doing 8K timelines. Yeah, that's true. So what do you expect to come from Apple this fall? Other than the obvious, a new iMac Pro maybe? Yeah, it's getting close to a year. We don't know about the Mac Mini. Maybe there'll be something there. Maybe there's going to be something that combines some of the spirit of the MacBook Air and the MacBook to make a single product that is priced at $999 and up, rather than have the MacBook Air as some kind of fading product that's there to keep it cheap.
1: Well, the MacBook Air is still a popular product, you know, despite its uh, shortcomings compared to um, Apple, their laptops, you know, it's it, it doesn't have the retina display. It doesn't have um, some of the bells and whistles that the, that the newer MacBooks and MacBook Pros have. What it does have, though, is, first of all, a sterling reputation among almost everybody who owns one. I very rarely talk to MacBook Pro, MacBook Air um, owners who um, who are disappointed with their purchase. Uh, secondly, it's got legacy support for ports. MacBook Air still has USB ports on it, still has Thunderbolt ports on it. It still uses uh, a MagSafe adapter. It's Apple's final hurrah for some of this tech that, uh, quite frankly, a lot of a lot of Mac owners are still very heavily invested in and still really appreciate uh, very much. So I expect the MacBook Air to continue for a good long time. In terms of this year, I don't know that Apple really has a huge uh, reveal planned. I I certainly don't know, but I don't think that Apple has a big reveal planned for later this year. Some innovative new Mac design, whether it's a desktop machine or, or, or a laptop machine or anything like that. I think Apple is hedging its bets a little bit with Mojave. There's yeah, it's some, some cool customer-facing features uh, in Mojave. Mojave is really tightening up um, a lot of the underlying technology that Apple introduced with High Sierra last year. This is, uh, as we predicted coming into the year, this is very much a snow leopard-style year. This is a year for Apple to sort of correct past mistakes and get the ship righted when it comes to getting all the software on the Macintosh working the way that it's supposed to. Um, I think that the Mojave is going to occupy a big spot light for apple and the mac this fall and of course apple is going to have an iphone reveal later this year you know whatever is going to replace the iphone 10 whatever is going to replace the iphone 8 that will continue i don't think that this is the year for uh ridiculous mac innovation i I don't think that we're going to see that this year
0: what about 2019 then if there's no ridiculous mac innovation this year just basically refreshes unless there's a new mac mini what comes in 2019
1: mac pro apple's already said that the mac pro is coming so next year will be the mac pro year what that actually translates into though is is still up in the air we know that apple has integrated its hardware design engineers with the software engineers that are making the technology to run on the Macs. And they're really closely working with technical professionals who rely on these devices to make sure that whatever device they come up with is the one that those people actually want to use. Because this seemed to be one of the key mistakes that Apple made in 2014. It created this new Mac Pro to replace the old Mac Pro. But out of hubris, it really didn't seem to involve the people who are working with them too much to actually find out if that trash can shape Mac Pro was really what they were looking for. And what you ended up with was people who are begrudgingly buying them um, shoehorning them into their workflows, but not really happy with them. And I don't think that Apple wants to make that mistake. Again, they've already alienated a lot of people who, quite frankly, in many cases, have left the platform or replaced their Macs with, quote-unquote, hackintoshes, PCs that are adapted to work on Mac software, maybe not 100% as well as an actual native Mac, but have done so because they can outfit a pc clone with high-end hardware and see performance in excess of what they can do with with actual apple hardware
0: a new model name for mac the mac shoehorn more to come on the tech night out live
9: thank you for listening to gcn visit gcnlive.com today
15: Who has the only raw, living, whole plant hemp CBD extract in the world? MetaHemp Solutions, a radically innovative approach to hemp CBDs for exceptional results. Why? Because they contain absolutely all the elements present in the original plant. All our hemp CBD products are independently lab-tested for potency and purity and manufactured in our FDA-registered facility. Try it today, 10% off with coupon code GCN10. Call 833-858-7500. That's 833-858-7500. Or buy MetaHemp Solutions today at metahempsolutions.com. That's metahempsolutions.com.
5: You have been lied to, generation after generation, time after time after time. If you follow the money, then you understand why America's in the condition it's in. You,
16: know, you created the Star Reserve in 1913 through lies. You create 9-11, through 9-11, you, then you're fighting a war on terror, and now all of a sudden you go into Iraq, which was another lie.
5: This book will open people's eyes. Do it now at yeah, KillingUncleSamBook.com. KillingUncleSamBook.com.
14: know what's going to happen next well here's the tech night owl live with gene steinberg
0: we got peter cohen i'm gene steinberg we're talking about apple and the commitment to the mac And I think we should move on. There's so many other subjects to talk about, and it's been a couple of months since we had a chance. Okay, so we have CNBC and the other usual offenders ranting about, oh, they're going to discontinue the iPhone X. It's just irrational. Apple can't sell any of the things. Nobody wants to buy them. All this unsold inventory, it's a huge failure. And each quarter, Tim Cook says, our most popular iPhone was the iPhone 10. They said that in the December quarter, in the March quarter, and a couple of days after all these uh, alleged pundits were raving, it also happened with the June quarter. So we have the smartphone that Apple says is tops, and they keep saying it's a
1: failure. And it's a trillion-dollar company. What's going on here? As far as I can tell, patient zero for all of this iPhone 10 is a failure and Apple's going to kill it crap came from a guy named Neil Campling. Uh, He's an analyst with a company called Mirabo Securities, and he pointed to earnings reports from an Apple supplier named Cognex as indication that Apple was not producing as many iPhone 10s as it initially expected. And of course, his evidence was wrong you know, and this is one of the big problems, I think, with a lot of the analysis that happens around Apple and uh, other tech companies is that, you know, Apple and and other tech companies are not in the habit of opening the kimono, if you will, for lack of a better term, to analysts or to other business experts to really understand how their operations exist. Because obviously that secret sauce, you know, Apple's supply line operations um, are top secret, because that's how Apple makes its money. But a lot of these analysts, like uh, Campling from Mirabeau, um, infer from Apple suppliers when they make uh, earnings statements how Apple is doing, because in, in absence of, of better data, that's what they do. Uh, the problem is that Apple is not necessarily sourcing all of its OLED displays for the o- for the iPhone 10 from Cognex, or Apple may have ordered... You know a certain amount in one quarter and then had a backlog of inventory that it needed to move through uh before it made another order or maybe it just wasn't happy with the product quality that it was seeing and again sourced it from somewhere else there are all these little variables that these analysts in some cases fail to take into account or maybe underestimate the influence of or, or just don't know about think about
0: this peter tim cook has said on more than one occasion you can take one or a few supply chain metrics and infer anything about demand, sales, etc. He says this over and over again. If these and people the analysts, well, don't try. listen, no, they're too stupid. And I'll say they're stupid. I mean, how many times do you need to be wrong before someone gets up there and say, hey, you say this over and over again. You're the royal chloride wolf. Apple says Stephanie. number one smartphone in the world, iPhone 10, you're saying it's a failure do you think there's something wrong here? I mean, you're not a publicly traded corporation that has to provide accurate information to meet SEC requirements. Apple can't do that. They have to tell the truth because uh, they'd face you know what, especially when you consider the fact that Apple is basically a company that is a cultural icon. They can't get away with anything more than maybe just exaggerating some advertising claims. If they stray too far, they'll get caught and they're going to lose customers. So how can you pull this nonsense and think that after all this, it's going to come true? You will look like idiots.
1: Yeah, I mean, I wish that I could um, either be a weatherman or an analyst so I could do my job wrong and still get paid for it.
0: Well, there are people in the political arena that will not be named could say things that are demonstrably false. By the way, the last time you went to buy groceries, I'm not going to say beer or wine because I assume you look older than 40, which is not an insult. I look older than 40. But the last time you went to a grocery store, did they ask for your picture ID when you checked out?
1: (coughs) no and here in massachusetts uh, with a couple of very rare exceptions you can't actually buy alcohol in grocery stores so you know even in that case the, you wouldn't have gotten carded in mass uh, buying groceries so uh yeah no you
0: see what they do say there are signs in some stores here in arizona we card for people under 40. the reason is they want to make sure That somebody doesn't just look a little bit older or especially old or something like that. They want to take no chances, whatever. They'll card you if they have to. Now, over the years, I don't drink alcohol. If I did, I'm sure they're not going to card me because I am demonstrably over 21 (laughs) by many times. I have, I think, in the last 10 or 12 years had to show a photo ID at a drugstore when you buy certain drugs regulated by the federal government, like some of these antihistamines okay
1: yeah i was just going to say like uh, de- decongestant if you buy a decongestant you have to show your id
0: certain types yes certain types of regulated decongestants but if you buy the regular kind you don't that happened yeah, to me exactly institutional, institutional one offender. time in the last 12 14 years that was carded of course you see when you have people who have never ever gone shopping in a real store they don't know what's happening, but then you know a lot of people believe them. I think what thirty-five percent of the people believe it. They're going to take out their photo IDs the next time they go to Walmart. Anyway, let's get back to the iPhone 10. So, rather than discontinue the model because it's a huge fail, we're hearing all these analysts now saying it's going to be an iPhone 10, an iPhone 10 Plus, only logical, and LED model for those who are more price conscious. Does that mean here that the iPhone 8 and 8 Plus are dead-end platforms? All we're going to see is maybe they'll sell the iPhone 8 and 8 Plus in September, but it'll be $100 cheaper than now.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, the, the mix of what Apple is selling as far as uh, phones is is a very interesting point, Gene. Um, and the iPhone X did gangbusters. You know, Apple Apple's telling everybody that right up front. And gosh, you know, just anecdotally, I've noticed in probably the last three months, more people with iPhone Xs and also with Apple Watches. I've seen a lot more Apple Watches this year than I've ever seen before. And I've been wearing an Apple Watch now ever since they came out. Uh, but I, I, you know, cannot believe how many people I'm, I'm seeing wearing um, Apple watches these days. So clearly, you know, Apple is is selling a lot of them. And, uh, you know, it's 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 interesting to me that the average selling price uh, of an iPhone for this past quarter is up, which means, again, reinforces the idea that people are buying the iPhone 10 and maybe the 8 Plus, as opposed to lower-end models, even though Apple has a pretty wide variety of iPhones available for sale right now. They even um, went lower in price. They reduced the price of
0: the iPhone SE, which is the kind of phone my wife loves. She likes those really small iPhones. They reduced the price to 349 You can go to AT&T on their next program and pay $11.74 a month. For an iPhone, which is necessary.
1: ridiculous for a brand new phone, you know, a brand new um, phone and
0: it's jump change. Just give up, you know, a pizza, this, you know, one less pizza this month than you have yourself yeah, two, a brand new two- iPhone.
1: Or two crappuccinos from Starbucks, you know, it's it's the same story. But yeah, absolutely. You know, there are affordable ways to get an iPhone, uh, but people are spending a lot of money on the premium phones. And well. Apple has always made more money on the premium phones than it's made on anything else. So, you know, that that uh, increased um, profitability on the phone is, is again, an indication that the iPhone X um, is, is selling very well. But to, to your question, Gene, I'm going to put my I'm going to project my 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 desire more than actually point to any factual information. I don't think that we're done with the iPhone 8 um, form factor yet. That is still enormously popular and I think that that even if Apple does roll out now an, an iPhone 10 plus as has been rumored this year, that makes perfect sense because people do like the larger iPhone dimensions. Um, I think people will still want, um, An iPhone eight or iPhone nine or whatever Apple ends up coming out with this year, uh, simply because it's a form factor that they're more comfortable with. Some of the features like Face ID uh, make people uneasy, Animoji Emoji is is cool and and you know fun and ads and stuff like that. But I don't really see people uh, using it in any serious or significant way right now. Um, so I, I think a lot of the the marquee features of the iPhone ten are still lost on a huge amount of the buying public who's very happy with a more traditional smartphone uh, type of device. And, and for them, the iPhone 8 and 8 Plus is still a very strong seller.
0: Well, you know, they might just keep it on the line. They will keep it on the line. They'll make it $100 cheaper. I'm kind of figuring, based on all this and the fact that Apple is increasing its sources for OLED displays, that the new iPhone 10 will be $100 less. It'll be 899 and the iPhone 10 Plus will be 999 and then with a bigger iPhone 10 Plus, more and more people will buy them. And it'll be number one with a bullet. Hey, we got more to come with Peter Cohen. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Out Live.
9: You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today.
3: That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S
18: dot com. Bacon lovers, we ship free. Try our amazing bacon. No refrigeration required. Proprietary value-added packaging provides 10-year shelf life and protects the leanest, thickest, center-cut, fully cooked bacon in America today. Ready to eat right from the pouch or warm and serve. Savory and delicious. Wholesale price for your everyday use. Order today at readytoeatbacon.com. readytoeatbacon.com. Hi, I'm Dan
19: Pilla. I started fighting the IRS over 40 years ago when they tried to seize my mother's house. I sued the IRS and won. I beat the IRS then and I've been beating them ever since. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement and I've helped thousands of people deal with tax problems they thought might never be solved. I can help you too. If you owe taxes you can't pay, don't wait another day. There's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com, danpilla.com.
0: Welcome back to Get Night Out Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, it's Uncle Gene.
17: Yeah, it's him.
0: You mention the Apple Watch. I went into a Circle yes, K sir. the other day. Now consider a Circle K. The people in there in Arizona, they're making like ten, a half, eleven dollars an hour. That's the minimum wage. They're making minimum wage or maybe a dollar more at some of these convenience stores. So I see one of the cashiers. Oh, that's an Apple Watch, isn't it? I say. And she says yes. And then I went to a chiropractor's office because my back Needs all sorts of snapping. And they love to snap your back into shape. Over here, I got something with a tailbone and with a spine. And they snap, crackle, and pop, and they feel like I'm a cornflake or a Rice crispy or something. Any case, whatever it is, the receptionist, Apple Watch. My wife went to a doctor. Apple Watch. I'm seeing them all over the place, except on my wrist. It's still the $12.88 and Walmart watch for many, many reasons, but it doesn't matter. Apple Watch. Watch more and more. Apple said, What was it? 30 40% increase over the previous year. Now, there's this survey out there saying that the Apple Watch's share of the market is down, but they're comparing it against $50 wristbands, they're comparing them against cheap Fitbits.
1: Yeah, I mean, Apple Watch sales are kind of it's a complete guessing game, right? Apple doesn't release um, unit numbers on the Apple Watch. And, you know, one important thing to remember is that by and large, even though the Apple Watch uh, Series 3 is a much more independent device than any Apple Watch before, the Apple Watch is still by and large an accessory for the iPhone as opposed to an independent Apple device, like an iPad or a Mac or an iPhone would be. Um, you, to, to get the most out of your Apple Watch, you really need an, an iPhone. In fact, you, you can't program an Apple Watch. You can't install apps on it. You can't do data transfer from it in any meaningful way without having it paired to an iPhone in some way. So everybody who owns an Apple Watch is also an iPhone user. I don't need to be an iPhone user or or much of a smartphone user at all in order to go buy a Fitbit. Right. You know, so, yeah, to to your point, uh, Gene, uh, you know, you can spend $50 on on a a basic fitness tracker, but you're going to get a device that's much less capable. However, while Apple doesn't break out Apple Watch sales numbers, it does talk about them uh, compared to how it's done before. And um, Tim Cook's comment on Tuesday uh, was kind of telling. He said that uh, the Apple Watch had hit an air pocket quote unquote i uh, had gone to a whole different level uh okay that's great good for you guys what does that mean uh but apparently apple watch sales are are on the dramatic increase and anecdotally I, I noticed this even before the tuesday call like i said i've i've just you know randomly been noticing that a lot more people are wearing apple watches in the past few months than i have ever seen before so clearly a lot of people are, are, are buying those devices
0: I have read reports, anecdotal, of course, about saving lives because it picked out a possible heart issue. Yeah. Oh, I've
1: got I've got a friend who uh, has given me the the full story. He actually um, uh, uh, enrolled in the Stanford study that you're referring to. the heart rate study. Sure. Uh, his app, his Apple Watch identified uh, a, a a problem. Um, it was diagnosed by cardiologists, and he's now receiving treatment. So, yeah, he he told me straight up, "Hey, look, the Apple Watch uh, may have saved my life."
0: You see, this is one area where Tim Cook had a lot of input. He is very much an individual who's into health and fitness, and I'm sure that influences why we have Health Kit. That, influ- you know, obviously because he's a CEO, but this is where he has done something that has made Apple very conscious about health. And therefore, the Apple Watch is the perfect device, even better than, you know, the tricorder.
1: Yeah, <laughs> well, you know, let's not go uh, too far. But yeah, I mean, you know, I, th- I think that uh, obviously um, any CEO is going to sort of uh, put their in. Im- imprimatur on, uh, the company that they're running. And, you know, we've seen many changes, uh, to the way that Apple is managed internally, uh, the way that Apple presents itself to the world externally, since Tim Cook, um, uh, gained the, the, the helmets, the CEO, uh, maybe some changes for the better, maybe some changes not for the better too. Uh, you know, there, there have been a lot of stylistic things that have happened with the Mac that may not have happened under, uh, Steve's watch, but I, I'm never going to be one of those people who says, um, this never would have happened uh if if Steve Jobs were still around, uh, because it's a it's an easy thing to say and it's uh, a complete cop out. it's a red herring. And Steve Jobs um, but, yeah, had his the,
0: failures too. You know, the Cube, the G four Cube. The G4 cube <laughs> I remember the rollout of Mac OS ten. And yeah. someone asked, What about the stories that the cube is going to be discontinued? And I was sitting there right behind Steve Jobs before he got on stage because it was a much smaller venue there. And he got up, he was seated there. He was seated on stage with Phil Schiller, taking questions from the audience. And Steve's first comment is, you don't know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. You know what? A few weeks later, it was discontinued. But then you couldn't believe Steve Jobs. There's this book by his first child, the one he refused to acknowledge, Lisa and she asked him once, as he, I guess, got closer to her, did you name the Lisa, the predecessor to the Mac, after me? And he said, no. And then YouTube's Bono is there on some kind of cruise on a boat with Steve Jobs, also his daughter, Lisa. So Bono asks Steve Jobs, did you name your first, your predecessor to the Mac the Lisa? And he said, yes. So, you know, yeah,
1: I mean, he, Steve he, he Jobs, was was Steve
0: Jobs. No, right? you know, he had a, yeah, that's he what was, they he, say. Reality distortion field. You know, he can he can lie like the best of them.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, and he was famous for saying no straight up until he said yes. You know, it, it, no, we this is the wrong approach. No, we're not going to do this. Oh well, we figured out a way to do it better. This is how we're doing it. Uh, that big, the, you know that 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 uh, uh, shell game uh, was uh, was always kind of a popular feint uh, for for Steve. Um, and let's let's face it, the man's uh, marketing acumen uh, is probably unparalleled in the twenty or so far twenty first century. So um, you know, it's it, it's interesting to note. Uh, back to the Apple Watch, though. Um, You know, as an Apple Watch user now for three years, I've got to tell you, I have not installed a lot of third party apps on my Apple Watch. In fact, I don't find much use for them at all. Probably about ninety percent of what I do on the Apple Watch is using um, uh, only uh, the the built-in tools that Apple gives you uh, when you first set it up, and that's good enough for me. The interesting thing for me is not necessarily how many Apple Watches that Apple has sold at this quarter, last quarter, what have you. Is the, the 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 question is how much of an impact is it actually making for third-party? developers and users who want to use it beyond what actually comes out of the box um, obviously if you know apple's apple watch sales in the third quarter hit an air pocket as uh, as tim cook so pithily said and has gone to a whole different level that's terrific but how does apple sustain that going forward and how does it expand uh the role of the apple watch going forward New watch OS 5 looks terrific. There's a lot of great functionality in there. Uh, but I think keeping it to its core as a device that people use for health and fitness is incredibly important. That That has been not necessarily a lifesaver for me, but it's really helped me improve my health, you know, keeping track of my activity, uh, using the Apple Watch to remind me when I need to take supplements and medicine. Um. And uh, uh, just as a convenience item, you know, when it comes to keeping track of to do lists or, you know, my shopping list, for example, I'll sit there in front of the fridge, uh, you know, and and uh, tap my Apple Watch and, uh, you know, tell it to add cottage cheese or uh, uh, bacon or whatever uh, to, to, to the shopping list. And it does it dutifully. And then when I get to the store, I just pull up the list on my Apple Watch and uh, and, and go down. It's incredibly convenient. You know, it's it, that sort of stuff is, is game changing. Apple, Tim Cook isn't necessarily as obsessed with health as he is with making sure that the that the devices that people are using bring them wonder and joy and happiness. Um, And, you know, the way that Apple is finding ways to do that, I think, is really interesting.
0: Apple Watch. Maybe I'll get one someday or I'll get one as a present from somebody who is well to do. We have Peter Cohen talking about the impact of Apple's financials with all the wild and woolly products that Apple comes out with. The Apple Watch and the fact that more and more people have them. More to come on the Tech
3: Night Out Live. Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. Attack of the Rockoids, and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit Rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S.com.
12: How well and how fast does heart and body extract work to improve blood circulation? Listen.
2: My name is Ellis, and I'm 66 years old, and I live in Jacksonville, Florida. Two years ago, I was diagnosed as having clogged
1: arteries. I had 70% blockage in one artery leading to my heart. They wanted me to go on Plavix, but I refused knowing the negative side effects.
12: Heart and body extract is a unique balance, synergy, and proportion of herbs reaching from head to toe at maximum absorption around 95% at the cellular level.
1: Within the first month, I felt a dramatic difference. The heaviness in my legs was reduced, and within two months, I felt completely normal
12: your natural organic herbal formula for heart health is heart and body extract heart and body extract comes with a 100 percent ironclad money back guarantee details at hbextract.com or call 866-295-5305 for heart and body extract call 866-295-5305 866-295-5305 for heart and body extract
8: We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com.
0: Well, you know, maybe I'll be convinced someday to get an apple watch i'll certainly think about it but i don't know where you'd put apple watch sales now i bet they're going to be doing over 20 million this year think about that 20 million compare that to watchmakers forget about the fitbit because they only have a few high-end products that are watches
1: yeah i you know it's uh, apple has become one of the biggest watchmakers in the world
0: if not the biggest you know Think about that. Apple
1: Watch. Yes, hmm. Apple Watch.
0: Now we have services, and Tim Cook is really pushing the services thing because it means you get more money out of each customer. You increase the customer base, then sell them more stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it's the, it, 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 and now Apple services comprise Apple Music, you know, most famously iCloud other things like that so it's it's a way of apple extracting more revenue from the users of its products to be certain but it's also uh a way of apple improving the value of its products to its users by offering them features and functionality that they wouldn't have otherwise um and yeah it's an incredibly important uh, part of apple's uh, bottom line You know, years ago, uh, when Apple first started uh, reporting uh, services revenue, Steve Jobs at the time was quick to dismiss it as, you know, this is just a hobby for us. This isn't a serious business uh, or this is we're not planning on making money this way. Uh, You know, we're going to keep making money on hardware. And Apple, indeed, contrary to almost every other uh, company out there, makes a huge amount of money on its hardware. It, you know it, it was another record uh, uh, for for a June quarter when it came to revenue the The, the company um, announced a huge amount of um, uh, what was it nine point five billion, I think uh, in in sales uh, Apple services revenue rather for the third quarter, which is the highest ever um and uh you know year over year tremendous tremendous growth uh 7.3 for the same quarter last year 9.5 billion uh this year so yeah apple's making money more money than ever um off of services and uh we'll, we'll see where it goes uh with with services i think that apple needs to correct some things when it comes to services i don't think necessarily the value of uh, iCloud, for example, when it comes to, um, you know, cloud-based storage is there, especially compared to other offerings. I, I know that Apple obviously has a lot of infrastructure costs because it manages its own data centers and it's got its own content delivery network that it's got to, uh, uh, that it's got to manage and and improve uh, over time. Uh, but, uh, you know, Apple needs to keep um, uh, offering Uh, Compelling reasons for people to use its products and services are crucial there.
0: Now, speaking about Apple's content delivery, their cloud servers, I am not far away from their huge data center in Mesa, Arizona. Maybe it's a, oh, what, a 10, 12 minute drive from here. And that was the one they're originally going to have as a factory for Sapphire. I don't know if you remember that. And the company couldn't do a darn thing. So finally, Apple took over the property and they built out a data center. Yes. Uh Uh-huh. If you look at the stuff they're building around the world, all around the world, they have development labs in Israel. That's Prime 3D, I bet, based on the Prime 3D that they bought for one of the things used for FaceTime. Think about all that stuff that Apple has going. I mean, huge billion-dollar structures around the world befitting a trillion-dollar company.
1: Yeah, I mean, and this goes to, to underscore the importance of Apple services when it comes to Apple's bottom line, because Apple announced at the beginning of the year that it was going to spend more than $10 billion uh, developing data centers just in the U.S. over the next five years. So that's a huge investment for Apple, huge infrastructure for uh, I- investment uh, for for Apple. Um, on top of what it had already planned, I, I mean, Apple. I think at the time said that it planned to invest more than thirty billion dollars um, into U.S. Uh, operations. That's between you know the the new campus, the, its its retail efforts, uh, underlying infrastructure stuff. You know, it, it employs a lot of people for. Ex- in austin texas to do uh tech support for it um and it has other other operational centers elsewhere in north america um that, that are still doing uh tech support as well uh but yeah the, the data center expansion in reno the the, the mesa um the, the mesa one north carolina uh apple data centers are popping up uh, apple's continuing to 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 put a lot of um uh of 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 money um into its its operations and we're going to see uh, continue to see this over the course of the next uh, few years
0: where does go? apple go from here become a multiple trillion dollar company a two trillion dollar company you know i think the president should call on tim hook for a loan
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's at some point or another, uh, uh, you know, the, obviously the growth has to stop um, and uh, we'll, we'll see where it ends up. But it's a remarkable achievement for Apple, and I'm sure that everybody in Cupertino is very proud. Uh, it's also worth pointing out, though, that market cap is, is just one measure of a company's worth, right? Uh, it's important for, for Wall Street financiers to know. Um, and it, it certainly helped Apple stock rally a little bit. But um, in, in terms of actual practical knowledge, what, what benefit is it to a consumer that Apple's a $1 trillion company instead of a $900, a $900 billion company? It, it means nothing. This is, this is news for people who, who trade stocks, not for normal muggles like you and me. So we're soon going to have something called, remember in the
0: James Bond films, Spectre Island? There is now (laughs) going to be something called Apple Island, where all their main headquarters are located. They will be answerable to no country. They will be a country in and of themselves. Apple Island. They'll even have hotels there. So if you want to go and spend your weekends at Apple Island,
1: hmm there actually is an apple island i think it's in uh, michigan someplace but uh yeah i mean that, that that's uh, the uh, uh the, the stargate style uh, apple campus right the whole thing is just going to take off and land in the middle of the ocean apple set up Appletopia, and uh we'll um uh i'll live happily ever after
0: i like the apple island shtick myself apple will assemble the whole thing with their version of the dc comics method The Apple Crystal. I think that's interesting. We can do a film or a science fiction story. The attack (laughs) of Apple Island. They take over the entire world. And it all started with Steve Jobs. And then Tim Cook and his successors. What do they do to the world?
1: When you bleed, you'll bleed in apple colors.
0: Think about it this way. The planet Earth will be the planet Apple. Peter Cohen, tell us where we can find more of your stuff.
1: You can check me out at my website, Peter-Cohen, C-O-H-E-N.com. Peter Cohen,
0: we know you're no longer on the planet Apple. Thank you for yes. joining us on the Tech Night Out Live.
1: I'm taking the first flight off this dirty rock. Thank you very much, Gene. I'm always happy to talk to you and have a good one, man. Yeah.
7: Message and data rates may apply.
13: Remembering when to change your fridge filter is a hassle. Remembering the right filter is almost impossible. So at Filters Fast, we have some good advice. Forget it. Instead, remember this. Text BEST55 to 443-443 and check fridge filters off your to-do list forever. Get it all taken care of for a fraction of big box store prices with a Filters Fast brand filter. Text BEST55 to 443 443. That's B-E-S-T 55 to 443, 443
7: long distance travel or long hours in front of a computer can take its toll on your body
15: get relief for your neck or back pain when you search amazon for sunshine pillows heating wraps and pads often listed as an amazon choice why take another pill now from sunny bay and by customer demand we introduce our extra long neck heating wrap a complete wrap wide and hands-free and brings fast relief to those who suffer from neck or back pain
6: you can easily find sunshine pillows on amazon
15: or search amazon for our new Sunny Bay disposable heat pads or look for Sunny Bay heated neck wraps for relief from back pain to menstrual pain and cramps.
7: Sometimes life can be a pain in the neck or back or shoulder.
15: See why our company, Biomed DB Design, has a lifetime 100% positive rating on both Amazon and Etsy. Just go to Amazon.com and search Sunny Bay or call us 253-678- 1361
2: Call for closure protection services now at 800 667 9035. 800 667 9035. That's 800 667 9035.
14: What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. (laughs)
0: <laughs> so, Johnny Evans, the Appleholic from Computer World, amongst other things, tells me that he's being haunted by his new heating system at his home. So, how are you being haunted, sir?
20: It, it makes a terrible racket. I mean, this, this sort of technology, it just makes a noise. I, I don't like noise, but I do like heat.
0: Well, you, maybe they should learn a few tricks from Apple how to design fans that don't make any noise.
20: In London this summer, it's been a bit beyond fans that don't make noise. It's more like a heat, central heating systems to stave off the ice, as I think has been a problem on quite a lot of the east coast of America, too. <laughs> yeah, well, that's why
0: quite- I'm, I'm in Arizona, because I don't have to put up with that.
20: <laughs> this is good. In the desert?
0: Yeah, in the desert, but we don't have scorpions. Last place we lived in, my wife found a scorpion and freaked. And we called the exterminator. And he came over some like some kind of robotic creature in a BBC show. And he kept saying, exterminator. No, he didn't do that. He didn't do that. Okay. Wanted to cover a couple of things you're doing for computer world here, which cover into the Apple universe. And one here. Okay. This is something, a story was written about this. And therefore, you know, it's probably a little bit crazy here that maybe kids are becoming addicted to their iPhones (laughs) instead of drugs, instead of alcohol. It's their iPhones. We have to take them to iPhone Anonymous or something?
20: I think so. I think we'll just have to, we're all going to have to just accept that our addiction is bigger than we are. Sit around in groups, try and help each other through it. Remind each other again what reality is really about. Then having looked at it, glimpsed, at the grayness, <laughs> run, retreat straight back to our phones, and hopefully find something which amuses us on social media. <laughs> um, yeah, we are addicted to our phones. So you see it. You see it everywhere, don't you? You get the you, you, public transport. Everybody's on their phones. People walk up and down the street increasingly these days, staring into their phones. We are really um, voracious consumers of this electronic media. Now, I'm I'm not necessarily saying that that's an entirely bad thing. But it is an interesting thing. And it is a a real sort of uh, social change. And the fact that it's happened in such a short time. I mean, think back to when the iPod sort of hit hit the world in 2001, or if you like, even the Walkman in the uh, 80s. And you can remember people running around with earphones in in their heads. Um, That was an addiction too. And somehow smartphones have successfully been able to bounce with that and, and become a, a, an almost compulsive element of our lives. I read somewhere, I think, people touch them two and a half thousand times a day. Um, you know, a little touch here, a little touch there. It's uh, certainly an interesting social movement. And I do think it's something that we will have to accept, Reflects other profound changes in the way we're going to live tomorrow.
0: Now, the problem here is your wife complains that you don't touch her two and a half thousand times a day.
20: Well, to be fair, I think if I touched my wife two and a half thousand times a day, I probably wouldn't have a wife that long. <laughs> I think, I think most, most people kind of like to be touched a little bit less, but a little bit more meaningfully. And that's the great thing about the phones. We can touch them as meaninglessly as we like.
0: Well, you know, it, it's gotten to a point now where I travel around town here and almost everywhere I go, I see people in the street. It's like big rows of them walking. That's all they're doing, looking at their smartphones. And I'll give you an example of how it's become crazy. On our other show, The Powercast, we talk about things like UFOs. And they've been in the news lately. The New York Times did a story about a formerly secret Pentagon UFO study. So some people will write back, say, hey, what's going on here? We have all these great cameras on our smartphones. And to be fair, Samsung makes some really good cameras with their smartphones in addition to Apple. We have all these great cameras, hundreds of millions of people, and we don't see great photographs of UFOs flying about. Does that mean there are no UFOs? No, it means that people are looking down at their smartphones. And if something (laughs) flew overhead, if ET flew overhead and said, found home or anything, or evil aliens saying exterminate or something, whatever happens, if they're flying overhead, you will not see them because you're looking down at your
20: smartphone. We're looking the wrong way. We should be looking up to the skies, but we're looking down, down, down to the pits. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I can say that about some smartphones, but, you know, we don't want to do that. We don't want to do that. Okay. I think the argument here is that kids might be becoming addicted to their smartphones and that parents need to exert better controls. What's going on there?
20: I vacillate on that. Part of me thinks, yes. Perhaps there should be more control. And another part of me thinks, well, actually, should there be? Because we already know that this is kind of – I mean, unless everybody stops doing it tomorrow, this is going to be part of tomorrow, right? And as computing changes, as the interface with our computer changes and disappears into the background, we're going to be spending more time connected to these devices. We're not necessarily going to be staring at them anymore, you know, voice, um, uh, motion, uh, emotion sensing from face systems. Um there's lots of different ways that these things will develop. Now part of me looks at that kind of future and I can't help but think that I think that's could be quite a scary future, quite a dystopian place. At the same time, children, our children, will be actively engaged in that future. So are they learning survival skills? Are the are are are, are the way that this the ways that this is transforming uh, if you like social discourse is, is that something that we should look at more meaningfully, and rather than trying to recreate a past which we've already idealised, trying to figure out how to engage with the present and create a better future. I I, I don't know. It's it's too easy to ban, isn't it? It's much easier usually to try to um, mould things together in a positive way. Can we do it positively, though? Is it true that when people have meals together, even with their most significant others, uh, <laughs> they, if they if they've got smartphones with them, they're going to enjoy it less than if they don't, because part of their mind is always occupied in what their smartphone's doing? I saw a a, a professorial research paper which claimed just that, and it was very convincing too. Um, whether it's good or ill, the one thing I think we everybody can agree on is that there is a change in the way that we engage with each other as a result of these things.
0: Well, this may be the big argument. Do we lose our ability to interact with others because all we're doing is sending texts? I mean, it reaches a point now where what people send with texts can become news stories, like we have this situation in the U.S. where a couple of FBI agents were having a relationship, but they dared to mention the political campaign, and suddenly every one of their texts has become public. They're just chatting, but suddenly it becomes a big conspiracy against America's FBI. And you, if what would happen if Johnny Evans' texts to his wife or anyone were all revealed? People just idle chatting on their telephones. If that became fodder for cable news?
20: It would be shameful. I'd, I'd, I'd be so embarrassed. People would realize how meaningless my text messages actually are. Or they find a single word in there. Yeah, and create a yeah.
0: great overriding all consuming conspiracy from idle chatter in a text but again the argument here is there's a tv show in america called blue bloods don't know if you ever heard it about a family no, of police yeah. Yeah. yeah okay about a family of police officers headed by you know some pretty nice actors there and in blue bloods you have the grandfather and the great-grandfather and the fathers and the son and the daughter. And the one scene about that show is interesting because it's kind of old-fashioned, is that at the end of the episode, they're sitting in the family home where the grandfather lives and the father, and they sit there, and they're Catholics, and they say a blessing, and they have dinner, and they talk. They just talk. They just mm-hmm. share time together, having a family dinner. Where has that gone? We got more to come. Johnny Evans, Apple Holic for Computer World. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live.
9: Thank you for listening to G C N
14: What are you listening to? The Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know.
0: So obviously the Blue Bloods TV show with Tom Selleck and others, it's fantasy. It's a fantasy show. But have we lost anything that we really don't have time for that family dinner that maybe I had when I was a kid? Today we have dinner in front of the TV set, the wife and I, and we're watching TV.
20: We used to have family dinners sitting around fires in groups and tribes, didn't we? So things change. Are they necessarily lost? I mean, if we believe in humans, then that derive for that kind of, I hate to say it, but human intercourse is going to continue. We're always going to have that desire if we are truly a a sort of tribal animal. We'll find our way back there if that's what we need it to be. Perhaps we're just sort of completely engaged in the new at the same time as worrying about these trends. We've also got to recognise that um, uh, these technologies are only a few years old. And while the changes that they've implemented have been quite profound in, in some ways, Will they last a century? Will they last 50 years? Will they really last a generation? I I, I don't know. I mean, when the electricity <laughs> runs out, will we have these things at all? It, it, it's, it's, um, it, it's funny, isn't it? We do have this tendency, I think, as humans to look at, to idealise some kind of perfect future past um, and compare the perfect future present with that past. And, and, and we, we look and say, well, the grass was greener there or the grass was greener there. Again, I think rather than being fearful of change, we need to embrace it. But I definitely think we also need to be very, very watchful of some of the impacts of change. I mean, you know, I talk about this stuff a lot, things like privacy and security um, and how it annoys me that those things are becoming almost like uh, luxury items when I think they should be pretty much basic foundation blocks. Whatever the societal risks of the occasional person going mad and doing bad things, the risks of almost complete oversight of what a population thinks are much higher. So, you know, there's there's elements around surveillance and control which aren't, I think, properly considered. These addictive technologies are incredibly powerful, and I don't think we necessarily understand the full power of these things yet. If you have... 20 million people obsessively tapping at their phones, doing sort of like uh, uh, psychological experiments on Facebook, uh, following ads on Google. Um, All this data is then collected, gathered together and sort of, you know, mashed together by analytic systems. And they can pick up some very accurate pictures of of humans and human behavior. That's part of what the whole Cambridge Analytica thing was all about, you know, it is all about. Um, So, you know, I think, rather than worrying about the things we see we should think perhaps a little bit more deeply about things we're not seeing about how this works and 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 those those points i think are, are are more challenging so our children will live in a a place which if we're not careful our children from when they're very young the way they think how they learn their favorite colors their individual preferences likes and dislikes will be in some way logged and watched by groups which are unaccountable not government advertising companies who will basically, from the cradle to the grave, have a deep insight into the way our children work. And I think that's a much more bigger concern than whether, you know, little Marvin's being nice at the dinner table, because in my experience, the last thing you want at a dinner table is teenagers in a bad mood anyway. (laughs) Um,
0: um, Right. But, you know, it brings back to mind the original Macintosh commercial, 1984, Mm. based on the
6: 1984
0: concept of Big Brother, So is Google big brother? Is Amazon Alexa big sister?
20: We can talk about HomePod, if you like, there. I I do think we could mention, you know, for example, you look at the privacy model that Alexa and and Google have with uh, Google Home and uh, the Amazon products, which temporarily escape me because I'm old. And, um, And then we can look at Apple's approach, which is to anonymize the Siri-based vocal interrogations and, oh no, please don't start Siri, and um, that's Siri going off in the corner, And, and to sort of only keep them for a limited amount of time in a work form which is anonymized and separated from a person's account. While Google, I think, hold them online for ages, and Amazon are the same. You can sort of access what they have on you from both but it's not easy the fact that it's already there and already linked up to you is uh, i think a bigger worry and so in terms of how seriously those three protagonists take people's privacy from day one quite clearly apple's the winner and the other two ain't
0: well you see they criticize siri for not being as good as the others and i don't know about that i don't know if siri is better or worse because i haven't done the direct comparison but the key here is that Siri is not watching you and reporting it back to the uh, home servers to sell you to advertisers. And even if Siri's a little bit, shall we say, less efficient, we have to decide what we're willing to give up.
20: Mm. And, and you know, I, I, I question really some of the reports claiming that Siri is less efficient. You know, anecdotally, everybody's got a funny Siri story and everybody's got a funny Alexa story come to that. But well, maybe not everybody, but there's funny stories about both going around, right? But I came across a relatively useful bit of qualitative research a couple of months ago, I wrote about it somewhere, uh, which basically, in their analysis, the one thing they did find that Siri was weaker than Alexa at was some of the music-based commands. And obviously what's happened in the last week, and we haven't really had a chance to kick it around, have we, with the announcement of, with the arrival of HomePod, is that series music-related functions have been improved. You know, beyond that, I cannot say, because I've not been able to test them in anything other than an a- anecdotal basis. Maybe, just maybe, some of the differences between those uh, the vo- vo- voice assistants are kind of uh, <laughs> based on ultimate verbosity from an unfriendly a- press um, or maybe not. We we, we don't know uh, for sure, but that report certainly implied that the differences are more slight than we're led to believe. You tell me.
0: <laughs> hey Siri, can
20: I trust you?
0: Didn't even respond verbally, even just said
20: who me? Well that's an evasion if ever. I think we have to look a bit more deeply into what Siri's doing with that data. I know what we've been told, but is that what's happening? Mm. <laughs> It's only half funny. I mean, that's sort all. Of, it, it, it is. We, I mean, we are talking about technologies which are both engaging and deeply powerful, with a potentially profound impact on almost every aspect of human experience. So, I think perhaps a little bit of uh, suspicion and critical thinking is probably a really good thing to do when we're talking about stuff like that. After all, we want these technologies to benefit the world, not sort of, you know disable critical thought or, um, um, or, 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 or the capacity for democratic dialogue. Then, of course, you, you find yourself running into the current furore which may or may not be true, because what do we know, Um, claiming that this agent or that agent has used social media to undermine this or that election. Now, we know, don't we, because we've read books, that um, governments across the planet have been interfering in each other's elections for about 3,000 years. (laughs) So that's not new. Uh, What is new is using social media to do so. Um, That's an interesting thing. But again, if humans are capable of critical thought are encouraged to engage in critical thought then the effectiveness of such kind of mass control technique will be that much minimized won't it surely so i think we have to just um try to encourage people to think critically about things critically doesn't mean being mean critically just means thinking <laughs> you know it's uh, there are people out there out there who, who sort of see criticism as an excuse to just slag things off that's not necessarily criticism that's just sort of you know kind of being abusive Criticism is about really thinking about stuff and trying to get at depth with what the significance of whether it's a technology or a book or a TV show actually is, um, rather than sort of just blindly accepting it or, or, or doing what someone else says you should do, <laughs> um, um, you know, uh, speak for yourself, innit? you know. Do you see where I'm going? I mean, that's always been what Apple's been at root about, isn't it? From day one, when uh, computers were bicycles to uh, expand your mind, um, the idea that these tools were creative tools that creative people could do creative stuff. That does also rather involve people being capable of freeing their mind to the extent that they can actually start to actively engage with those tools rather than be blindly subservient to them. I think, but then I'm, I'm no expert, but that's what I think. I also think I've just made a very long sentence, and I'd really like you to interrupt now, Gene.
0: <laughs> okay, let's just completely travel to another part of the world. Sure. So Las Vegas, CES yeah. 2018. Now, yeah. I have looked at the announcements, and most of them were, as usual, with a CES, a meaningless gadget. That sounds kind of flashy, and I can't remember what it was three seconds after I read about it. They used to have that silly thing about certain types of food where you eat the food and you forget you've eaten
21: Mm, a few
0: mm. hours later, and we don't want to get to a specific cuisine there because I really don't want to do that. But looking at different things that people might remember, you did an article not so very long ago. Yes, just days ago about Apple's CarPlay wins friends And Frenemies. Whoa. (laughs) Sounds like the attack of the killer frenemies. I understand it's going to be released on Netflix next year. I'm joking. We're going to have Johnny Evans back. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live.
9: Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today.
16: Broadcasting to over a 1,000 radio stations, GCN programming is in all of the largest markets. A GCN advertising career could be the business opportunity you've been waiting for. Companies need hardworking representatives just like you to handle their needs, while you earn residual income which can last for years. Companies are buying and they need you. Email advertise at GCNlive.com or call 877-996-4327. That's 877-996-4327.
8: Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg.
0: So I have been exposed ever so briefly to CarPlay on a car. Hmm. And there are more and more cars In fact, you may reach a point where you will find it hard not to buy a recent car or a new car without CarPlay. But at the same time, what a lot of the automakers are doing is they're offering Android Auto so as not Mm -hmm. to upset potential customers. Yep. So tell us, what's new and or different about CarPlay. Why did it win friends and frenemies?
20: (laughs) Well, CarPlay is attracting more support from automakers. It's uh, pulling in Hyundai and Toyota and Mitsubishi. There's always been a long list, but some of the holdouts are coming in too. One of the things which kind of upset me with regard to announcements at CES around car audio generally was the announcement? Was it BMW, or, not, or was it Mercedes-Benz? Please help me! I can't remember this. I think it's Mercedes-Benz who decided to, they would uh, allow you to use a CarPlay system in their car, but they were going to charge you 60 sixty, seventy, eighty dollars a year for the luxury of doing so. I saw that as absolute price gouging. How dare they? How dare they charge someone who's just bought a new car for tens of thousands of dollars an additional eighty dollars a year just to use your favourite phone with, with the system? Isn't that? I just think that's really Love.
0: But I did check just to see which car maker is pulling this stunt. It's BMW, not Mercedes, okay? So if I had $75,000 to buy a BMW, and I don't, I am not going to want to give them $80 a year to use CarPlay in my car. For that reason alone, I might choose an Audi or a Mercedes-Benz or something else. If I have the money, we can always dream.
20: I thought it was lowest of the low. And and yes, of course, CES also saw a lot of um, the other thing that was going on at CES this year. As far as I could tell, was are uh, turning to spoken word again, aren't we? Here's, uh, lots and lots of devices with Alexa or, or Google built in. And I still think about that because, as you rightfully observe, so many of the announcements at CES tend to be objects which look good on the demo floor but don't ever ship. Or ship months later, or if they do ship, just kind of bomb. This is not universal. Obviously, lots of things must work out, or else the show wouldn't still be going on. You see a lot of sort of, we're trying to get ahead in terms of trying to build a profile here. We're trying to invent a product category that people will be really excited about, and then they sort of don't have the chitch power to deliver it. But this year, we saw lots of people trying to put Amazon inside their products. I thought that was strange because Amazon's a retailer, right? So why does it need them to do it? It can make that itself. I think that the companies, doing that, maybe being a little bit short-sighted and may need to sort of think a little bit more deeply about where they're going to get their voice technology assistance from than simply to put the world's biggest retailer in their tank. It seems strange to me that so many people look to Apple and fear its corporate clout, and yet they're quite happy to make their systems suddenly subservient to the world's biggest retailer. Do they not see that, The fear of one should be the same as the other. It's all very interesting, but at some level it shows how technology has advanced to such levels of sophistication that the entire consumer electronics industry now is having real difficulty keeping pace.
0: Well, Um, you also see, for example, something like Amazon and also Google and mm. Roku, as a matter of fact, putting themselves into TV sets. And the reason they do that is because the TV set makers have no clue how to design interfaces for smart TVs. They don't know how to do it, so they license technology. Now, Roku, I have no problem with. I think Roku is a good company, and they make a good product. In fact, I would probably recommend it way above Apple TV, unless you're invested in the Apple ecosystem. Mm. I have a TV set here with Google Chromecast in it, and when you set up the TV, there are all sorts of agreements you make as to whether or not they can track what you watch. And You can say no, by the way, leave me the heck alone. I mean, they don't have that checkbox. No, leave me the heck alone. It is no. And Hmm. if you don't accept it, you'll still be able to watch your shows. You'll still be able to watch Netflix or Hulu or Amazon Prime Video. But I I wonder if I'm watching Man in the High Castle, is Amazon collecting merchandise they can
20: sell me? (laughs) I find it very hard to, to find a no to that. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, we know that they collect stuff. They don't necessarily collect that much information. But the other thing, you mentioned all the permissions you have to work through when you're dealing with a Chromecast. Now, I've, I've not dealt with a TV that uses Chromecast. so you ha- I'm, I'm in a position of ignorance here. So I'll ask, how obvious was it that you could answer no?
0: Okay, well, here's the story our listeners know. Vizio, send me a TV set with the only proviso. Review it. We'll give you the set. Just review it. Tell us what you think. If you take the set, it doesn't matter. They send it to you on that condition. Seems a very small condition because it doesn't sacrifice my editorial integrity. Mm. When you turn on the set for the first time, or if you do a reset, it'll do the same thing. You go through a setup assistant where you make some basic choices about what picture profile to use and all that. You set up your Wi-Fi network. It connects to your Wi-Fi network. You also get these terms and conditions about whether they can collect data about you. And Vizio got dinged by the media sometime back when it was revealed. They were doing that. And I assume all TV makers with smart TVs will do that if you don't say no. Here, you get a very clearly labeled long, big lettering because you're watching a 4K TV, a big 4K TV. And you could sit there and read what they're asking you to agree to. And if you say no, they will not track you anymore. Simple as that.
20: Hmm. Well, that's promising. I mean, Roku, uh, I I like, they they are like, there's there's something like 37% of streaming media players. They're in lots and lots of TVs because people are prepared to work with Roku because they're not Apple, Google, or Amazon. There's an opportunity for Apple here, though, isn't there? I can imagine now an Apple TV, if they ever do, um, if Apple ever do decide to make a television, we can sort of begin to imagine what it might be like, right? Once they get to uh, room-based, wireless. Charging, and once you get to sort of an Apple TV system running the TV app, you can imagine just a sheet of glass you put on any wall, no other cables required. It's all built in. I think that would be quite a successful product. And you know, it, it, I think I think the victory in the smart television market will ultimately go to the person who can lose all the cables. Can you imagine that? No cables at all. Brilliant. <laughs> um, Apple looks like it's going in that direction. If you can recharge your smartphone without a cable using this sort of Energis. Why not recharge your Mac or anything else you want? They've always wanted to not have cables, and and I I quite like that idea.
0: Right now, I'm looking at the Vizio. It's a typical smart TV. So I have three HDMI cables connected to the cable box to the (laughs) Apple TV, although I haven't used it in a long time since setting up this TV because I just watch Netflix and Amazon. That's all I watch in terms of streaming media. If I want, I could watch Huda, which is owned by Walmart, and you could rent movies from there so of course i have that set up i have one set to the blu-ray player so that's the cables there's another one the optical cable goes to the sound bar another cable of course is the power plug so what do we have there we have power plug and four other cables Uh, now that's not bad that's not really that bad (laughs) it only took me like you know five minutes to hook them all up
20: it's the dust (laughs) it's the space it's the cables crawling ectoplasmically across the walls and the ceilings and the floors i I can't stand them i hate cables (laughs) i think they're inelegant clunky and then you've got the power bricks i hate them more (laughs) or is that just me it might just be me i think a lot of people would really like a, a television system that didn't require any cables at all unless they really wanted them um, well, you know, it's I,
0: not so much the TV set because most of those components don't require power bricks, just straight mm. plugs to the wall socket or to your power strip. That's not the problem. And the problem is my Mac, because you have to look at the wiring mess I have here. And we can talk about that endlessly. But <laughs> obviously, I have two external drives. I have cables to the two printers. I have a cable going to the Wi-Fi router because I'm using direct wired. I have a cable going to my outboard mic mixer, not to mention the cable from the mic to the mixer. So you have to think about that. And then I also have an Apple DVD drive, a super drive with another cable. Hell well. Before we get...
20: But you're not trying to put your Mac on your wall to use as a family entertainment system. And when you go around to people's houses, they've got these wonderful televisions on those wonderful, wonderful, sort of like um, uh, those moving arms on the wall. Let's right, pick that up our next segment. <laughs> well,
0: we got to pick it up our next segment. More to come with Johnny Evans on the well, Tech Night Owl.
3: Live. <laughs> Extendivite really works. Just
14: listen to what some people have to say. Several years ago, I was developing a very uh, severe situation. I called it my flippy heart. It was just doing not good things. And I did not want to go to a medical doctor because uh, I just knew they would give me a cover-up pill. I didn't want to get onto that sort of thing at all. When I learned it was garlic and cayenne, and cayenne is a healer. It is a wonderful herb. I said, I think I'm on to something here. I'll tell you, I wouldn't be without it. It did wonderful things for me. Extendivite is only 69.95 for a two-month supply of either capsules or liquid. Call now. That's one 877 or visit partdrop.com. Extend your life
21: with
16: Extendivite.
0: I have never thought about putting a Mac on the wall.
20: Well, you wouldn't. It's a professional machine. I mean, we don't all need trucks, but no one wants to put a truck on the wall. <laughs>
0: I don't know. Speak it- to yourself. I, even my TV, I know you can put a TV set on the wall, but I'm living in an apartment, and they're not going to like me damaging the walls. They'll come back and say, well, it costs $50 to fix that, so we'll charge you 300 when you yeah. leave, because they do that. They take your security deposit and they find ways to keep it and then send you a bill for more. Yeah. So you can't do that where we live. And it's just as easy to me as sticking on a stand and and watch the set. It's, you know, it's, it's not a big thing. I mean, if I had a really like an elaborate estate, you know, like, like the Appleholic estate in London,
16: you know, yeah, if it was anything as big as your home where
0: you've got, you know, uh, you know, 120,000 square feet or something, and that's just the yeah. bedroom, then maybe it would make sense, but not here. The tax authorities in the UK are now listening to this show wondering, what is this guy Johnny Evans doing?
20: <laughs> the tax authorities in the UK don't need to listen to this show. They can check my bank account. It fills them with laughter. <laughs> 120,000 square feet of nothing, Gene. It would be a wonderful thing. But I'd, I'd, I have perhaps rather less than that. And it's full of cables. And I hate them. I hate cables. I want them all gone. <laughs> if everything we use is indeed going to be an appliance, and as the technology becomes more and more sophisticated, I think that is more likely to happen than right to repair laws, really. If we are going to have to use appliances, then let's make them elegant and get rid of the wires. Again, I don't want to put a truck on my wall. I expect a Mac system to require to be sort of augmented with Hundreds of devices, perhaps. But I don't really necessarily want that from my TV set or my stereo system. Or I just want things to be easy to use and work well. I'm sure that's not a crime. Lovely aesthetic there.
0: People think, well, this guy, you know, he's just wasting his money. But no, no, it's just uh, stuff like my computer table is 25 years old. The same computer table I had in the early 90s. Same computer table. Wow. Can you believe that? Let's get into other things here, because hey, there's always with Apple so many things to talk about.
20: Do. No cables. Carry on, Gene.
0: All right. Well, okay. <laughs> so we're going to have a campaign here. We're going to run the Tech Night Owl and the Apple Holic <laughs> to eliminate, exterminate cables. Exterminate
20: them. It's time the consumer electronics industry woke up and realized it's not the 80s anymore. And we don't need all these wires. Get rid of them. Move on. Cable free. A happy universe. Of, what, of of wirelessly connected ambient computing where the computer disappears into the background and everything is available. A lovely, wonderful world in which everybody can be completely unemployed through the, basic, through, through the impact of automation <laughs> and, and know that if they could only afford it, they could have anything they want in the sky or something. <laughs> it's, uh, um, you know, where, where cloud services meet grinding poverty. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> Get rid of the cables,
0: though. All right. (laughs) Another headline from the Appleholic. By the way, you know, every so often he gets so involved being an Appleholic, he has to go and attend the monthly meetings of Appleholics Anonymous, right? Yeah.
20: It's bigger than I am. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Life after iTunes, Apple's big media challenge. And we're talking about the fact here that Apple is going to be producing original TV content. They hired Mm. executives from Sony. Entertainment and they're supposedly, and they haven't made an official announcement here, which is interesting. Here, they have not made an official announcement saying we're doing this. We're just reading all these reports that they made a deal with Steven Spielberg to bring back amazing stories and anthology TV show from the 80s, Mm -hmm. a TV show with Jennifer Aniston and Reese Witherspoon. I don't know who really cares about that one, but you know, that's my opinion. A sci fi. Show from Ronald D. Moore, who did Battlestar Galactica and also worked on Star Trek Next Generation and Star Trek Deep Space Nine, right? I mean, we're talking about really, really heavy duty people here. Yeah. That Apple is reportedly, because again, they've confirmed nothing, doing Mm -hmm. that. So here, this article here, Life After iTunes. So is this where we do it? But even then, if Apple brings out only, you know, four or five shows, how do you start a business on four or five
20: shows? (laughs) Have you looked at Netflix and the sheer forest of original content that comes out of them, or indeed Amazon? So...
0: Netflix is spending like $7 billion. Netflix doesn't just offer, you know, the last season of House of Cards without Kevin Spacey, Hmm. (laughs) with Robin Wright, I guess, running the entire show because she directed half the episodes last season. She's become a very, very competent director. And, you know, watching Stranger Things, for example, or Travelers with Eric McCormick when he's not doing Will and Grace. I mean, there are yeah, a lot of a really little- good shows on on Netflix, but you've got, you know, a couple of dozen of them. Plus, you've got all this other content. You've got, you know, uh, seasons of older TV shows and stuff like that. You can spend hours watching Netflix, but five yeah. shows?
20: Yeah. Well, those are the ones we think we know about but they're clearly looking for a hit and you know you can spend millions creating shows that no one wants to see but for this to work among those shows they're going to have to produce a hit now they're investing quite clearly by what we think we know in 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 names that are likely perhaps to create a mass market visual hit but they need hits it's just like the record business used to be it's 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 just like publishing you need somehow to capture people's public imagination by creating shows they really want to watch. Game of Thrones is a, a good case in point. Love it or hate it, everyone's heard of it. Um, and so for their, for their content strategy to, to succeed, assuming they're going to stick it behind a firewall, which we don't know, assuming they gonna do it as an Apple-only rental, which we don't know, and assuming they're not going to play nice but make it available through other streaming services, which we also don't know, um, they, they're going to need to make sure that within their Apple universe, so that's a little kind of limited subset um, um, that people really, really, really like the shows. So I heard; I think they're investing four billion this year um, in, in trying to put this together. I think you know. Um, I heard one billion,
0: but I'll grant that you may have more up-to-date information. And in the price, you know, four billion for Apple is like Roku spending a dollar and a half, and it's like Netflix yeah. spending five hundred thousand
20: what we have to hope for i mean i'm all for creating great content of course i am and i'm, I'm sure you are i'm sure we both agree that uh, the larger the need for people to great create great content the better um, because it means there's more opportunity for creative people to make a living and we all want that and we all want the whole world to be full of creative people because it would be a happier world that way but maybe <laughs> um, um, but you know we don't want them to spend their money—one billion, one billion, four billion, whatever it is. The money doesn't really matter. What does matter is that they have the elegance and finesse to both identify a hit, promote and create a hit, and not sort of, you know. Some of the best entertainment is edgy, isn't it? It's a little bit exciting. It's a little bit challenging. It makes you think. um, It it perhaps exposes you to things you wouldn't ordinarily ever dream of of being exposed to, but somehow it it, it, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't offend you beyond the pale for that. It it kind of enhances your existence, and that's why you like it. We have a couple
0: more segments with Johnny
20: Evans. Sorry, Gene, i go (laughs) on.
0: We have a couple more segments with Johnny Evans, the alcoholic, on the Tech Night Out Live.
11: Call AIG Direct for a free, no-obligation quote. The call takes less than five minutes, and you could save up to 70%. Call now. 1-800-910-7981. That's 1-800-910-7981.
12: 1-800-910-7981. Standing up for what's right. Helping out when things go wrong. Raising our voices alone or together. Seeking the truth. And speaking our minds. Not just making records, but breaking them. Fighting for victory on the battlefield and on the playing field. Seeing the world through new eyes and the earth from miles above. Redefining beauty, brains, and what it really means to be queen. Making ourselves heard on stage and on screen. Showing the way in Silicon Valley. And showing up for others wherever help is needed most. Not just making our mark, but making a difference. Now that's a job for a Girl Scout. Girl Scouts. Preparing girls for a lifetime of leadership.
17: You're listening to the
14: Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next.
0: I'm Gene Steinberg. He's Johnny Evans. We're talking about apple's initiative into creating original tv programming about having to have a hit and the thing i worry about here if apple were to do a streaming service which i don't think that's their game plan here in terms of distributing this but you have a situation like cbs all access cbs all access has all the cbs content that you can watch on broadcast tv but delayed and then they give you some original shows they have a Spinoff for The Good Wife that I hear very little about. That's the one without Juliana Margulies and Chris Noth. Okay. Never watched it. Yeah. Never watched the. Okay. Well, the original show was absolutely terrific. The spinoff, I have no idea. I have no interest. They have Star Trek Discovery, which is an edgier Star Trek show. And they even use, I guess, explicit language that we can't use on commercial radio. Regardless, the price I think is 5.99 with commercials 9.99 without commercials. <laughs> Would you pay a minimum of 6 dollars a month 72 dollars a year to watch one new Star Trek show? Is that worth it just for one show? How do you build a host service? I understand what they think they're doing. They figure people get addicted to that and they'll have more original programming. But I just don't see the economic model because right now there are too many Really, really terrific TV shows out there. Mm. Amazon, Mm. Netflix, CBS All Access, Hulu has some stuff. Plus, broadcast TV has never, ever been better. You have Oscar nominees and Oscar winners directing movie directors, directing TV shows, or coming out with a series. I mean, you look at these names and you look at their credits. And you're seeing all this great, wonderful content on regular basic cable. You know, USA Network and TNT. And really, really good shows. Obviously, BBC America with Doctor Who, who is now a woman. You know, she had surgery, I guess. So the point is here that we have all this great content. And everybody wants to get into the business. Disney wants to bring out a streaming service. Mm-hmm. There are only so many hours a day people have to watch TV. It's got to reach a critical mass if it hasn't already.
20: So what happens then? I mean, this is where it's going. Think about it. What happens when all these deep pocketed corporations, I mean, at the moment, they're all scattering at the wall and trying to build a market share, right? So we'll have the moment of expansion when there's everything is available, followed by the moment of contraction as some fail and some takeovers happen and you know some companies disappear into other companies. It always works like this. We've seen it before. Um, and somewhere down the line, the motivation for these corporations to create this forest of wonderful content will reduce, won't it? And when it does, because they're not arguing for market share anymore, they've got dominance in some way, like Trump Hotels. They'll be, um, they'll, they'll be, they, they just will have no interest then in competing on content and they'll pull the plug on original content creation. Uh, there'll be fewer shows and the irony is that we'll look around in maybe 10 years' time, maybe five years' time, who knows how long these things will take, um, and find actually there's, there's less content than we've ever had before and we're watching repeat from streaming shows from the early 2014s. The motivation has to be to always try to make sure that we keep the people who provide this entertainment engage with the idea of providing us the stuff that we need and want to see. Um, I think one of the challenges for any content providing corporation is, uh, take, take Apple, I mean, can they put sex in their shows? Can they put the challenging and engaging stuff that makes great adult content—you know, not in the sense of adult content, but you know, adult-focused content—into in, their shows, or will they sort of do like an iTunes and App Store model on it, where they sort of take anything which is challenging out? Um, and and that, I think, is, is for me at least, when it comes to Apple's adventures in television programming, um, that the, their 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 tendency towards censorship is, I think, the, their biggest Achilles' heel, far more than anything else. Um, you can acquire knowledge, you can acquire experts, um, but will they be able to deliver truly engaging, spiky shows that people just get so hooked on? You call sure these out.
0: star vehicles, you know, you yeah. don't have that much in the movies anymore, more, but you would hire a star, Somebody's a really big movie star. And you build a movie around them, figuring they'll get good box office, which you don't really anymore. Because right now, some of the highest box office achievers do not have big stars. You know, you think about this for a moment. Look at Wonder Woman, which made, what, $800, $900 million. Okay? And you have the star is Gal Gadot, who is not an A-list Actress, although she probably is now after this movie as wonder woman you have chris pine who played captain kirk in the star trek reboots and you have other people whom you've heard of but not the so-called a-list movie star and it made a lot of money because it was just a great film and the performers were great so it's not always as i said the star anymore So just because Steven Spielberg makes a deal with Apple, which would seem logical because he makes lots of hits, but he doesn't have that kind of hit anymore, really, that we think about, you know, he has really good films, but they don't do the box office success they used to. Is this going to guarantee success for Apple? does Reese Witherspoon and Jennifer Aniston bring big box office success with a rom-com? And the answer is no, they'll do decently. The movies will probably make a profit. But for a TV show? So I wonder about this. You know, whether you have this kind of casting, whether it's going to work. Some of the best shows you see on Netflix... You never heard of those people. Certainly House of Cards, you heard of Robin Wright and Kevin Spacey. Of course, now no one wants to hear about Kevin Spacey anymore. Mm -hmm. Kevin who? But most of the people who did those shows that we like so much, all the great superhero shows, Luke Cage, the Daredevil show, all this, Stranger Things. You never heard of most of those people. I mean, some people you can see, they did do movies and may be successful. But they're not A-list stars at all.
20: But it's A-list content, isn't it? It's A-list shows. It's actually what's in the programming that makes it good. It's 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 a sort of like it's that beautiful combination, isn't it? It's not just if it's if you're an artist, it's not just what kind of canvas you use or the picture you make or what kind of inks you use or what mood your mother was in that morning when you got up or how you felt about your life. The afternoon when you had tea or all the other things which go into any kind of work of art or and you know cinematography and film and television is also art uh, it, it, it's it's all of those things and how they combine and i think that's what's so magical about that kind of secret sauce because a, a lot of it is uh are intangibles that we cannot predict um um that you sort of just do not know until they all kind of come together um i think i think that you know i'm sure you could probably throw some data analytics at any piece of art and figure out exactly why it works but uh even then i'm not entirely sure yet that the robots are in a position where they can create that kind of work perhaps they will be one day um but when it comes to apple's adventures in programming yes they're investing in names which may deliver those results
0: i wonder about this oh by the way i mentioned stranger things winona ryder is in it but i mean she's hasn't headed a a blockbuster movie even though she's won a golden globe all right
20: i think stranger things is great by the way so happy days but
0: (laughs) i like it too i really like the show i think it's great in fact i haven't had a chance to pick up with the second season but you know it's netflix i can watch it anytime i want if we have nothing to do we can sit here for six hours and binge (laughs) the thing
20: have you watched it's the end of the world
0: (sighs) i'm not gonna ask okay but here's the key (laughs) how does apple distribute this thing they're going to produce these shows Will it come through Apple Music? They'll make it Apple Music and TV to really differentiate themselves from, say, Spotify? Because Spotify is growing faster than Apple Music. You notice that. Uh, Spotify has more than twice as many paid subscribers as Apple Music. Does that, is that the way Apple does it to do it that way? Do they just offer it on iTunes? Is it offered as a special app on an Apple TV to get you to buy an Apple TV? How does Apple distribute its original programming? And that's the question I've raised. Obviously, you can't ask Apple because they won't admit that they've done it yet. But at some point in time, probably by this fall, I think, we're going to know what Apple's doing. We'll know more about what anyone's doing or we'll try to speculate with Johnny Evans the Apple I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live.
9: You are listening to GCN.
0: Once again, that's technightowl.com
3: slash host.
11: You have been lied
5: to, generation after generation, time after time after time. If you follow the money, then you understand why America's in the condition it's in.
16: You now you created the Star Reserve in 1913 through lies. You create 9-11, through 9-11, you, then you're fighting a war on terror, and now all of a sudden you go into Iraq, which was another lie. This book will
5: open people's eyes. Do it now at yeah, KillingUncleSamBook.com KillingUncleSamBook.com
14: you're listening to the tech night owl live with gene steinberg you never know what's going to happen next
0: so johnny evans what do you think how's apple going to let the public know about this and access these new tv shows
20: it's easy to imagine isn't it that they'll introduce this as a way to maintain and build uh, device sales you know if we think about the world and the way it's changing the way technology is changing devices are becoming kind of almost less important in some ways what is important is the devices we use deliver excellent user experiences i think it's an opportunity for apple to actually try a different business plan on that basis when it comes to bringing these creations to market. Obviously, where they'll begin will be in a sort of closed Apple-only universe where they make it available uh, probably at no cost or less cost to people who happen to own their products. And they might actually stay with that because that's a tried-and-tested formula that they enjoy and they manage to make it work. But there is also the opportunity to use those these shows, particularly if they become huge mass market successes, as ambassadors for the brand to sort of bring people to, you know, the Apple TV in this case. I'd like to think that Apple would begin to be brave enough to start engaging in that way with some of its services, particularly given that its target for services income is relatively high, though I think they're exceeding in terms of the results of, of achieving those targets. I can't remember the exact targets, but they're high. They have an opportunity to use to use any content they do create as a calling card, or they have the opportunity to keep it within the system as a way to build uh, and foster even more loyalty from their already loyal 98% satisfied Apple device customers. So what's the most likely thing that Apple will do? I think inevitably they will do what they always do, which is start off by making these things available to a fairly limited demographic of people who use their products. Will they extend it? I hope they do. I think it would be quite a good way to, whatever their future plans, bring some of the competing streaming players into their service by offering their material, but also enabling their competitors to offer their uh, offer Apple's material. I think, you know, in terms of user satisfaction, everybody would be quite happy with that. And I'm sure there's money to be made for all of them within that because they're already figuring out those sort of business plans, right? So it's a watch this space. I don't have a definite vision But I do imagine that in the first instance, it will be Apollonia Universe, yes.
0: I look forward to it, but once again, it's going to be a case of if any of those shows is as great as they hope it'll be, Mm. if they have a hit, I'm Mm. not going to have the time to watch it. I'm looking at my DVR, and I don't have all the channels. I have something barely above basic cable. The DVR has, what, eight shows right now I haven't seen. Netflix, I haven't watched Stranger Things yet, or the final season of Longmire. And I haven't even thought of what the next show is going to be. I have no time to watch all this stuff. So I'm just thinking here, how much time do people have anymore? How much time do you have, Johnny Evans?
20: i got Netflix. i got Apple TV.
0: <laughs> okay. Yeah. But you don't have Amazon.
20: Yeah, i got Amazon.
0: Okay. Now, I don't know how many shows you watch in the UK. Is it partly, or any great extent, American fare or what?
20: A lot of it's American fare. I, I seem to be watching more American TV than ever at the moment. I've got to a point where I don't even notice. So, you know, it's kind of, yeah, I think so. But looks quite a lot of Australian stuff as well, to be fair, on Amazon, which I, I find from time to time. The Sharana Chronicles, I kind of like that. I like the swords and sorcery stuff. I'm, I'm always going to be a D&D player at heart. <laughs> um, yeah, how much time do you have? I have no time. I have some evening time. We like to have our dinner, watch a bit of TV, and then we take the dogs or dog now out. That's our life.
0: <laughs> right when Did i get got- finished with my stuff like today we're mm-hmm. doing this show on a friday the day before it's going to be broadcast and mm-hmm. i will edit the show later today and submit to the network and then i will relax and i will go and do my stuff Wait. we'll have a light dinner watch a couple of shows on tv uh, take teddy bear or be sean out mm-hmm. and then it's nighttime.
20: But then you raise a point, you see, because there's also one of the points, one of the things about all of this is it is all about time. from the sort of user engagement statistics within app apps on on, on your iPhone. To where we began really in this conversation, how people are spending so much time, time, uh, glued to their uh, uh, their smartphones uh, or uh, tablets or other devices, to how much time they spend watching television. There's a war for audience attention going on, isn't there? Now, how that's going to be monetized? Well, we know how Google and monetizes that, and how Amazon monetizes that. And We are not really clear of how Apple plans to monetize that, other than selling us devices and services, but user attention. Your attention, my attention, everybody's listening's attention is, I think, becoming the key target of almost every corporation in the world right now. Whether that's like, you know, how long you spend in a McDonald's to how long you spend watching CNN uh, to, I don't know, whether you pay attention to your politicians. Attention is is critical. We're trying to sort of create new digital tribes. Um, where that goes, I can't quite see. But time is everything and we never have enough of it. So how are we going to spend it? Right.
0: And we have all these entertainment companies who are busy (laughs) as bees trying to carve out segments of our time to watch what they're doing. It has to reach the critical mass. I think it's pretty well come close because it's only in the last year or two where I've literally found myself with unwatched shows on my list. And I never had that before. You know, obviously what will happen at the end of the day is once the seasons end and the TV seasons in America are much longer than in the UK, where they may have like 10 or 13 shows and that's enough for a season here. They'll go up to 23 shows. Once Uh, those seasons end and we have summer junk, then (laughs) I will catch up on the shows I didn't see, but I don't have the compelling need anymore to watch the show the next day. You know, I have what the flash from last week where he was arrested and charged with murder I Even have no spoilers. <laughs> no, I'm only telling you what was already in the trailer. I didn't tell you how it turned out. But obviously, if you look at the trailers for two weeks, you'd know how it turned out. I didn't yeah. tell you that at all. I didn't tell you <laughs> what happened to Supergirl when Rain, the villain, threw her onto the street and she was in a coma. That you knew already. OK, I didn't reveal anything that happened to her or how <laughs> she got out of it because we know she got out of it. Because she had to do that TV miniseries where she plays the wife of the Waco, Texas people, Melissa Benoist. So, of course, Supergirl wasn't killed. But you get the point here and what I'm talking about. The fact is here that I have all these shows. I don't feel the compelling need anymore to watch them immediately or the next day. I guess age delivers patience. You're still a young whippersnapper.
20: We occasionally just switch something on and think, oh, this is great. And just all the way through. And I'm trying to remember the last one that that, the last last show that I came across that happened to, it happens to fairly frequently. I I definitely have become more of a binge watcher than before. Have you?
0: We'll do like two or three episodes. We did that with Travelers. We did that with The Defenders, with Luke Cage, with House of Cards at first until the darn thing just started becoming tiresome because it was just repeating itself. Johnny Evans, if we want to know more about the things you do and maybe what you don't do, where do we (laughs) check it out?
20: Follow me on Twitter. I I link to all the places I write for there, Uh, Computer Olds Appaholic, My Little Apple Must, and, you know, occasionally I write for other people when they're kind enough to ask me to. You can find me on Twitter, which is all one word, small digits, Johnny, J-O-N-N-Y-E-V-A-N-S underscore C-W, and you'll find me there, and it'll be lovely to see you there. I I try to help people with questions and stuff in that thread, and uh, generally just try to be there really because it's kind of fun and i sort of like people so we'll see how it goes find me there it'd be great to hear from you
0: okay you can find us on twitter if you look for tech night owl tech night owl on twitter look for gene steinberg on facebook the fellow with the red plaid shirt if that's the guy you see it's me we have a second radio show about ufos and things that go bump in the Mm -hmm. night and our guest this week is bryce zabel who's going to tell us about his interest in ufos but bryce zabel look him up On the movie database. He also was the creator, co creator, and producer of Dark Skies TV show. He was also screenwriter for Lois and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman. So he's a guy who has been very active in the movie industry, a former CNN correspondent, and one heck of a guy, really, is Bryce Zabel on the Paracast at paracast.com. That's paracast.com. Don't forget tech night plus where you can get a version of the show free of the network ads with better quality audio so you get the scintillating sounds of one jonathan evans (laughs) how about that and you will get that and more if you check out plus.technighthow.com that's plus.technighthow.com Love subscription rates to get all the goodies, Johnny Evans. It's been so long since you were here. We got to get you on again more often. Thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Owl Live.
20: Thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure. Take care, all.
6: The Tech Night Owl Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bad time, same bad channel.